0: Welcome back to the Young Adult Novel Audio Podcast. I am reading from the book Supernatural Academy by Maria Grant. And we are almost done. Two more chapters. So it's pretty much the end. I'm super excited. Like about 30 pages left. Um, So let's get to it. Um, Again, this is chapter 25. What book? Reed arrives at the library without even thinking. There are quite a few people here considering exams are coming up next week. Reed goes to his usual room on the third level and leaves the lights off as he places his head on the table and groans. Reed is better than this, being so careless and nervous. He's the smartest one in the house. Now he's acting just as reckless as Anderson Eklund. He has to do better. Be better. There's a rattle on the door, like someone's tapping with their knuckles. Reed lifts his head up to look through the glass door and sees Chase standing there with a the math book in hand. Chase opens the door and shuts it behind him quietly before taking a tentative seat in front of Reed after cutting on, on the lights. Hey, Chase waves after placing his backpack and math book on the table. Not now, Reed groans, not in the mood to fight. I don't want to argue, Chase seems nervous, almost embarrassed. His once-tan face is now stained with a nice, flush, red tint. I want to apologize. Reed is slightly convinced he's fallen asleep in his subconscious travel to a parallel universe. I'm sorry, what? Reed has to voice his confusion, and he knows his face tells the same thing. Why would Chase apologize after all these years? Didn't the two of them fight like a month ago? Are they no longer enemies? Reed enjoyed having a nemesis. Kaya explains some stuff. Chase clears his throat and rubs to the back of his set. <clears throat> Long ago, my dad and your dad met up at a park to discuss a business opportunity Since we were new to the area and didn't really know stuff about the academy, Chase starts to explain, well, Chase continues, I went off to play with you, but instead of playing and accepting my hug, you pushed me down and ran away from me. My dad said I embarrassed him and he beat me that night, called me weak. I have hated you ever since, but Kaya... Explain you and Anders used to switch places a lot and that my hatred for you should have been targeted towards him instead Chase sighs a breath of relief after the admission. I Read isn't sure what to say It's a lot to swallow Chase really puts him through hell over the years all because Anders was a dick and probably in a foul mood for having to go in the first place Look truth be told when we were younger My dad couldn't tell us apart, so he would just call us a first name that came to mind, Reed admits. He might have thought I was really the one he had dragged with him to the meeting. I'm sorry you got beat, though. Yeah, I'm sorry that I took that photo, Chase admits. Like, I was such a dick for so long and thinking on it now, I don't even know why. Peer pressure, maybe? My pack? Letting popularity go to my head? I'm not sure. I was new to the pack and wanted to impress them but i don't want to be that guy anymore what kind of guy do you want to be then read questions with genuine curiosity the kind who can wake up each morning and not be ashamed of his own reflection chase gives his honest reply yeah Read agrees quietly i want to be that guy too read things back to new york and how he tried to convince Yates to help him solve the crimes that go unsolved. Maybe Chase will be more inclined. Hey, have you ever thought about using your gifts to help others? Hmm? Chase looks up at Reed. Help us in how? Well, Reed pauses. You're a werewolf. So your senses are all heightened. I bet you would make an incredible detective. Chase looks up and then back at Reed. Never thought about it before, but I guess you're right, Chase agrees. I've been wondering lately. If my powers aren't being used to their fullest, Reed admits. Just think about it. So many people in this world never get justice and their cases go cold. What if I could help somehow? I think I would want to. Yeah, that would be nice, Chase nods. Max will never get justice for his death. But maybe I can help another family get justice for someone they lost. I would like that. Ree reaches out and grabs onto Chase's hand like a lifeline. Then let's do it, yeah. Ree's eyes light up. Yeah, okay. Chase agrees, and a part of him fills with hope. Maybe this can be his fresh start. While Chase and Ree come to an agreement. The rest of the teenage medicals are at home with the council members. Declan's eyes travel, Remedy's head's movements, and he can't help but get distracted. She keeps moving her head from side to side, and it looks ridiculous. Knowing he should keep his mouth quiet, he ignores all forms of reason and decides to say something. Does your neck hurt? Declan tilts his head to mock Remedy. You keep tilting your head from side to side. I suggest you stop talking, Parkis suggests in a threatening manner, voice low and calm. No, but seriously, Dakon continues on, because he can't help himself. I had a dog named Bonnie who used to do the same thing every time I said the word bacon. Remember Bonnie Yates? Yates shakes his head and shushes his friend. Did you just compare Remedy to a dog begging for bacon? Darius expresses how baffled he is. What's wrong with Bacon? Declan exclaims. Silence him, Nathaniel. Parkis demands. Nathaniel gets a gleam in his eyes before lifting his right hand and slowly making a fist out of it. Declan's body lurches forward as he starts gasping for breath. Stop it! Sophie yells in worry for her friend. He's turning blue! She jumps up and grabs a lamp, yanking it out of the wall, fully prepared to hit one of the council members. She doesn't have to, though, because the door opens and in walks Yamada with a man Sophie's never even seen before. I know that's not the council using their gifts on a bunch of kids, right? The mystery man says as he walks in the house, uninvited. I would hate for the administration to hear about that. The administration is a group of coven leaders that set up a series of tests for magicals to take. The top four winners are chosen as the strongest and are the members of the council. Declan starts panting as he, re- as he is relieved and falls back into Gates's arms. Nathaniel has the power to manipulate oxygen. And just then, he sucked all the oxygen from Declan's body. It's painful and cruel. Declan's body felt hot and cold at the same time, so... Much so, it made his entire body feel sharp, numbing pains. It was like his lungs were desperately seeking something they could no longer get. Cruelty. That's the only word Declan can think of. He needed to be silenced, Nathaniel shrugs. He disobeyed a command from Parkus. Darius gets closer to Declan's face. I think the four of you are done here, the mystery man looks to Parkus. We tracked a dark magic book to this academy. Parkus looks at the teens as if the mystery guy doesn't exist. Which one of you has it? Yates knows how to keep his composure under the most impressive amount of pressure. We don't practice dark magic here, Yates responds. We don't know what you're talking about. There was a dark magic book in New York at a local shop. Parkis steps closer to Gates, and Yamada steps closer to Parkis. We've had people monitoring us ever so often, and we know recently it was given to someone named Simon. Now, who has it? We know it was taken because we were the ones who planted the book in the first place. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results, Gates deadpans. I'm not repeating myself again. We don't have it. Nor do we have any dark magic items here and we don't practice dark magic. That goes against everything this academy stands for. Knowing the book is out of the house by now, Gaze continues on. Search the house. Parkes's eye twitches and Remini gets a snarl going. I don't like the way you talk to me, boy. Parkes lifts his head to make himself seem taller. I don't like being called Boy. Gabe snaps in return. Darius, you sense magic? Do you sense any dark magic in here? Yamada says to the twin. Darius looks to Parkus briefly before going back to Yamada. No. Darius mumbles. That settles it then. Yamada claps her hands. The children have not been practicing dark magic, whether they have a book or not. There is a trickster on the loose, killing people, druids making sacrifices, and hunters seeing demons everywhere they turn. Now, it is not the time to be making false accusations on a bunch of teenagers. I respect you, Yamada, but don't talk unless I ask you a question. Parkus has the audacity to say... Yamada's expression is one of humor and surprise. The only reason you made it to the council, Parkus, was because I declined the job, the mystery guy states. "Orphis." Yamada states in a warning. No, Yamada. Parkus needs to be put in his place, Orphis decides. Every year, I participate in the trials with you. In every year, I come in first place. I am stronger and better than you in every sense of the word. Do not let my absence let you forget your place, which is behind me." Parkus's nose flares out and Nathaniel looks ready to commit straight murder. Meanwhile, Declan is trying his best not to smile and laugh after the stupid look on Parkus's face serves him right, Declan thinks. Parkis looks at the other three council members before nodding his head upstairs. Spread out and look for that damn book, he announces like a dictator. The other three wordlessly follow his command, dispersing the various parts of the house. Yamada watches them go and sighs as she takes a seat on one of the arms of the couch. Yates, as you remember, this is Orpheus. Yamada introduces a large man. He stands at about six feet even with a slightly rounded belly, and arms that show he works out regularly. He has brown roots and purple dyed spike hair. Orphis, that's Sophie, Kaya, Anders, Malcolm, and Declan. I'm not sure where Reed is. That's something I too would like to know. Parker descends from around the corner as if he's been hiding and eavesdropping the whole time. We pulled up behind him, and he took one look at us and ran off. Because you look scary as hell, Declan shouts. Reed is a sensitive soul. How did your goons even get past our wards? Parkers' face has an expression of pure irritation. We had to disable them for the council members, Yamada says like an apology. This house is too big. Nathaniel complains as he walks back down the steps. I'm not sure what I touched, but it was sticky. Darius frowns as his hand comes up from the basement. Remedy walks from around the corner and just shakes her head. I see you found nothing, Yamada looks amused. Yamada, we will be untouched to see what your coven is planning, Parkis tells her, and then spins around to head out the door, the others in tow. He looks like the type to wear cape, Declan whispers as soon as he's sure the four are gone. Shit, that was scary as fuck, almost died. Language, Yamada looks at him. I'm glad we showed when we did then, Orpheus responds to Declan. Nathaniel would have killed you. Why didn't the ill wards go off then? Sophia's alarm, even if the wards to prevent any ill intent from coming in had been disabled to let the council in like it did for us, they did, Gates tells her, because the alarms were turned off, that's why they weren't, that's why they were able to come in, which is why I arrived with Orpheus, Yamada continues for Gates. Sophie's face looks a bit frightened, and she moves closer to Malcolm on instinct. Now, I want you children to stay together at all times, no moving on your own. I see the council seems to think one of you is working with dark magic, and they won't stop until they've proven themselves right. But that's crazy, Anders expresses. We haven't done anything wrong. None of us would dare mess with black magic. Declan keeps his eyes to the ground and Gates avoids his mother's gaze. Andrews is right, Sophie tells Yamada. It was just a coincidence that book disappeared the same time we were in New York. We were all together the entire time. None of us went to a bookstore. I'm sure, Sophie. Yamada eases her worries, but that's neither here nor there. Just heed my warning and be careful. She stands, and Orpheus goes to stand beside her. Gates, come see your mother out. You have horrible manners. Gates laughs and eases Declan off his lap as he sees his mother and Orpheus to their car. You know, don't you? Gates just blurts out. Yamada leans against the car as Orpheus rears his head back and smacks the back of Gates' head. You lot are a bunch of idiots, Yates shouts in a harsh whisper. Taking a druid book across the states? All of those books are tracked for good reason. Look at Charlie Poole. That guy is literally risking his life by concealing one of them for his girlfriend. It's not that bad, Yates shrugs. Orpheus looks ready to slap him again. It's dangerous, Yamada warns her son. Mrs. Cotell has the book now, Yates tells her. The council can't do anything because she's human. Yates hums like, Yamada hums like she's not happy about this at all. Reading the book for something. He wants to practice stronger spells. And dark spells are the way to go? Orfish shakes his head. Yamada, I thought you told me that boy was bright. That's what I thought as well. Yamada says like she's disappointed. Yates, you are my son, so heed my warning and be careful. With Yarvis lurking around the corner, fighting him and the council at the same time would be impossible. Yates hesitates before nodding to his mom. He understands her concern, and he's a bit concerned as well. Right now, all he can do is trust that Reed knows what he's doing. As Yates heads back inside for the night, he has a heavy heart in mind. He has no idea what's going to happen, but having the council out to get him won't be good for anyone. He just hopes in the morning things will be better. They are. The next day, Reed heads to the library to study some. I'm telling you, guys... Demons exist, the man on television exclaims that he gets an interview. I saw them with my own two eyes. I'm not insane. You wrote a book titled Seeing What You Can't See. And in this book, you made claims that demons exist, but you cite no proof, the interviewer points out. The person being interviewed just shakes their head and laughs. (laughs) I want you to make a fist, the interviewee says to the interviewer. Now stick up your pointer finger only, place it in front of your face, and keep bringing it closer till it touches in between your eyes. Keep your eyes straight. Now can you see your pointer finger? No, the interviewer this, But you know it's there, right? Even though you can't see it? The interviewer asks. Yes, the interviewer responds. This is going on all around us. The interviewee jumps up to shout, There are demons and angels and everything in between all around us and we just can't see them. But that doesn't mean that they aren't there. Reed cuts off the YouTube video and places his phone back in his pocket. Chase gives him a wave and goes to sit across from him in the library room on the third floor. Chase places a bunch of books on the table and spreads them out. Hey man, thanks for agreeing to study with me, Chase starts. Calculus is killing me. None of it makes sense. No problem. Read answers. I'm good with math. Besides, Sophie and Kaya should be arriving soon anyways. They're taking freshman year math, but they can still use the help. Speaking of the two of them, both girls enter the room and they seem to be in mid-conversation. I'm just saying, Troy is a total troll. Sophie gags. You say that as a joke, but now I'm going to be thinking trolls actually exist. Kaya provides a comeback. God, what if unicorns are real as well? Easter Bunny? Alice in Wonderland? Not even remotely real. Stop joking around. Really? Alice? Total fable. Sophie shoots down the questions. Hmm. Kaya grumps. I used to say that about vampires, werewolves, and magicals, and yet, here we are. Hey, you two. We decide to interrupt. Hey Reed Kaya waves with flushed cheeks. Hi Chase. She turns her attention to him. Oi, Chase, Sophie stares. Since we're all apparently friends now, could you please turn into a werewolf and let me ride you home? My feet hurt. She whines. Kofi breaks out laughing at the random question. Reed pumps his face. Uh Chase hesitates. I would, but I'm afraid my pride wouldn't recover if anyone from my pack saw. He means I air. Kaya teases with a wink, Chase bites his lip and turns away without refuting her comment. In his defense, Zaire seems ruthless with teasing, Reed comes to his aid. Oh, he is, Chase nods, I've been meaning to ask, what is with the dyed red hair? Sophie squints one eye, she holds up strands of her own dyed hair, ah, Chase mouths, Zaire went through an anime phase and was obsessed with Renji from Bleach. Kaya and Reed have knowing looks, but Sophie pouts in confusion. Enough of that. Reed gets everyone back on the same page. Let's study. Sophie groans, but takes out her books anyways. She's not fooling anyone. Sophie wants to study more than anyone in this room. Kaya just hopes one day the girl doesn't have to pretend to hate school when she obviously likes it so much. Kaya now realizes that life is too short to hide behind lies, denying yourself anything but true and blissful happiness. is just sad. So they study. After studying, they take Reed's car to a diner and eat together before dropping Chase off at the gates of his pack and then heading home. Now Kaya is sitting on the balcony with Reed, drinking soda, and they practice spells together: Hulk, Clarum, Ruminis, Decorant aquate uh, oxerat, where demtio est huis tenebris haqlus tare. Kaya reads the spell and cannot but laugh because it sounds like someone did a Google Translate from English to Latin. No matter though, because it works, an abundance of energy begins to course through her like being electrocuted. Then, everything seems to stand still. And the ground shakes before a ball of light appears right in her hand. It's so bright that it lights up the dark night. Kaya looks in awe at the light in her hand. She closes her hand and the light disappears So she says the spell again. It appears once more, this time a lot faster than before and brighter. The light is hot in her palm of her hand as if a mere mortal tried to hold the sun. Kaya closes a fist and the light disappears. Tears brim her eyes. That was her first solo spell. Her dad would be proud if she could, he could see her right now. She did it. She wishes she had more time to make more of these memories, complete more spells, grow. You did well, Kaya. this, we Let's try some more. Kaya nods and Fischer filters through the spell book. They checked out the library together. Yeah, let's try some more. She agrees with mixing emotions. This is a wonderful time for her, but deep down, she can't help but want to cry at the fact that it won't last as long as she would like. The story of her life is quickly coming to a close, even though she's only at the beginning of writing it. Sometimes, life just isn't fair. As Kaya and Reed continue to practice, Declan is going through his own wishes and hopes with with his mother. Mrs. Vitell waits in the basement for Declan to come down. The teen descends the stairs with hesitance. As he sees his mother perched on the edge of the couch with her purse clutched in her lap. Hey, son. She greets in her usual soft tone. Why are you here? Declan bursts out. He doesn't have the patience to try and be nice when he's still so hurt by her. Some wounds take longer to heal. I'm not a good mother. She starts with a blunt admission. Declan snorts. It rained today. Declan deadpants. I'm sorry. She shows her confusion at the interruption. Oh! <laughs> Declan smacks his forehead last. I thought we were stating obvious things. Declan can see the quiver in her lip, and he knows she's trying to hold back a sob. He feels guilty and drops his head. Be nice, Gates yells at him. Declan swirls his head around to see Gates sitting on the stairs and glaring at him. Declan glares back. Be nice, Yates says again, and this time it seems like a warning somehow. I'm sorry. Declan apologizes after being improperly scolded. Like I said, I'm not a good mother, but I want to be, she rushes out. I can't even begin to apologize for my mistakes I grew up hiding my true identity, and by the time I fell in love with your father, I was already pregnant with you before I knew who he truly was at that time. I didn't see the harm in not telling him who I truly was, so I kept it a secret from everyone, she explains. I knew your father resented you a bit when you presented as a magical, she continues her admission. I didn't know about the physical abuse, but that's still no excuse. I knew he killed our kind. I knew of his hatred. I knew and yet I remained silent. Somehow I thought that all of his good tricks and my love for him could outweigh all of his downfalls. I was foolish. Then why now? Declan chances asking, voice hoarse from trying not to cry. Because I know Yates beating up your father meant the man was harming you in some way. Your mother told me everything, his mother admits. I couldn't sit back in denial any longer. I had to act even if that meant losing everything to protect you. Why are you here? Declan asks again. This time his tone is a lot softer. Even if his eyes look like that of a vulnerable child, it took me a few days to gain the courage to say this. His mother starts. Your father wants you to know that what hunters are up to. She rattles off. Declan raises his brows and gaze leams forward on the steps as he eagerly awaits the news. A man named Sari has been leading the charge to get hunters to open the realm of beasts. Apparently, if this realm is open and the one who opens it will control the beasts. The hunters are convinced that with these beasts, they can get rid of this world of supernatural creatures altogether. His laughter fills the room. <laughs> are hunters really that stupid? <laughs> He smacks his forehead as he descends the stairs. Mix the letters of sorry around, and you will have Yaris, who is a trickster. The same trickster who was working with druids to free his lover from Asgard. What? mrs Patel gasped. If hunters bothered to learn magical history, they would know the realm of beasts was created because their created Lucifer himself, could no longer control the beasts, Yates tells her. Once the hunters open that realm, it'll be hell on earth. And they aren't creatures in the animal sense either. They're shapeshifters. After war my husband. Mrs. Patel jumps up, hand over her mouth. They've been working for a trickster all this time. Oh my God. She's in complete disbelief. They have to stop immediately. It's already too late, Gates tells her. Hunters have captured sirens up in Portland. They are using the siren songs to give them inspiration on what they need to do to open the realm. A lot of people have already died for the cost worldwide for years. There has to be something that can be done, Cynthia Patel declares. I'll go talk with Jonathan now, she turns to Declan. Son, no matter what happens, just know I love you. I know. Declan goes to hug her and she freezes up for a brief second before sagging her shoulders and reaching out to hug him in return. She'll do whatever she has to do to protect her son. She owes him that much, at least.